Georgia, Alabama, Michigan State, Oregon, Ohio State, Cincinnati, Michigan, Oklahoma, Wake Forest, and Notre Dame. Those are your first top 10 of the college football playoff week one rankings. Simeon's got lots of opinions. I got lots of opinions. Plus, I went 5-1 and one last week. I'm a steamy 8-2 and two in the last two weeks. Oh, and by the way, the last two weeks, Simeon's hit his lock of the week. You better stick around because we got lots more where this came from. Live from the Nets, Pennsylvania with Micaiah Schlicker. Produced by Simeon Schlicker. It is the 4th and 1 podcast. Welcome, welcome everyone. We are a whole bunch of professionals this week. This is the 4th and 1 podcast. Welcome to week 10, everybody. Yeah, so the first round of the first week of the college football playoff rankings, so this is week one of the college football playoff rankings, came out on Tuesday. Boy, do we got opinions on that, and we will get to that, so please do stick around. But we are coming to you live from Lidditz, Pennsylvania. Welcome, everyone. I am your host, Micaiah. Simeon's on the other end. How are we doing I got, I'm using my wife's computer this week, so hopefully no crashes happened and we're able to just kind of run smoothly all the way through. Thank you, everyone, who kind of stuck with us last week through the ups and downs, but that's why we're the most terrible podcast on the interwebs. It was quite the week last week, and I'm just really pumped to be here today. So you heard the top 10. Again, we'll get kind of get to our top 10 later. We will take apart. Simeon's going to go crazy on the top 10. He's going to go crazy on the college football playoff rankings in general. It, it's it's so good. It's so good. My main man, how you doing? I'm doing okay. I may build a Lego set while we do this, just for kicks and giggles. Probably won't, though, because we're feeling really professional today, you know? Uh, well, you know, we got that professional music. I am... Eight and two, as I said in the open, I am thirty and eighteen on the season. You know, I'm not, in my picks. I'm not doing too bad with my picks on the NFL for the season. I'm pulling them up right now. Um, I am eighty three and thirty eight for the season. You know, yeah, yeah. You know that is steamy. If you put like. You would make some money if you put like ten cents on all your picks. Yeah. Between the ones you've lost and the ones you've won, you you would make some uh, decent money, I feel. So uh, plus, you got two straight lock of the week. Yes, Chelsea did beat. I think they were playing West Ham uh, last weekend, last Saturday. That was a Saturday lock, not a Sunday lock. I ended up making a couple bucks on that. So uh, watch out for those extra Premier League picks coming up here. Simeon's feeling tasty about himself. He is just feeling hot, 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 hot. You're feeling, Sorry, Mom. You're feeling yourself a little bit, aren't you, huh? <laughs> I'm in danger. All right, let's get, you know what? There's no time to waste. There's no time like the present. Let's get right into the check down, everybody. The losses for Conference USA just keep coming. Marshall brings the state of West Virginia to the Sun Belt as Marshall leaves Conference USA for the Sun Belt. 
giving Conference USA yet another loss. I believe that leaves them with five schools. We talked about it in last week's podcast and the week before. Conference USA is now definitely on a crossroads. Meanwhile, the Sun Belt is making a push to be the definitely second best, if not first best, group of five conference as my dog is, I don't know, he's doing something weird. It doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah, I just think I think it's very interesting. Again, you're going to get a lot of conference realignment. I I think we both originally thought that it was going to be the Sun Belt taking a massive hit. But as it turns out, Conference USA is the conference that takes a massive hit because of Texas and Oklahoma leaving. It all is a trickle-down effect, everybody. Everyone's figured this out by now if you've listened to this podcast. So because Texas, Texas and Oklahoma are leaving for the SEC... That created the gap for the Big 12. They bring in a bunch of AAC schools, which leaves a gap in that conference. They go poach the, uh, the instead of poaching the Sun Belt, they poaches, poach Conference USA, and now Conference USA is slowly crumbling. Coach Patterson is out at. At TCU, I didn't know. I just I was leaving you room for comment. Oh. That's all I was doing. Got it. Got it. And and I forgot uh, Gary Patterson's first name there first. There we go. He came to me. Gary Patterson is out at TCU after 20 years being with the school. Uh, me and mom were talking this morning about kind of how everything these programs want these new coaches that they get to turn around the program immediately and compete for a national championship or at least make the college football playoff in the first three years. But definitely in the first five. Gary Patterson was at TCU for 20 years. Listen, you have to remember, TCU was the original small school to compete and beat big-time programs and big games. TCU used to be in the Mountain West. They made the Rose Bowl with Andy Dalton one year. Uh, As their quarterback, they beat Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl. Listen, so all of these... Boise State kind of was in that, but, you know, all these Cincinnati's, UCF's, Memphis in, in past years, they're all standing on the shoulders of Gary Patterson and TCU. I think that this is just a classic case of he's been there 20 years, he's kind of just lost the kids a little bit. He really isn't. He might not be up with modern day coaching and modern day offense. His, he's a defensive minded coach, but his defenses get shredded every single week. So this, they've mutually agreed to part ways. TCU wanted him to stick around until the end of the season. He said, nah, I'd just rather leave now, which is more than fine. So TCU becomes a big time, well, not a big conference program. They're in the Big 12. I wouldn't call them big time, but you know, they were just crushing Ole Miss not that long ago in the college football playoff. That first year, they should have made the college football playoff in my personal opinion. I hope they did. But oh, no, they, they didn't. They were the one of the no. first two out. Well, it's because they didn't have a conference championship right. game. Right. That between them and Baylor. So, uh, yeah, so they were originally what the Big 12, the Big 12 stood on, and now with TCU gone... Uh, Gary Patterson or Gary Patterson going from TCU, they look in other alternate routes. Derrick Henry probably was going to be the MVP of the NFL, had foot 
has a foot injury and is now out for the remainder of the season. Well, he's out indefinitely. No one really knows. So at worst, he'll be back in the playoffs or at the very end of the season. Huge blow to the Tennessee Titans as he has accounted for 70% of the team's total offense since 2019. He was on pace to rush again for 2,000 yards, possibly break um, the all-time single-season rushing mark, and he was on pace to rush for 18 touchdowns. Dude is a monster, so we'll be sad to see him go. Hopefully, because it's not Macy Ellen's just kind of a foot, he can kind of get back to what he was. However, he's kind of been in the league five years now with all those carries on him. Does that does this injury may unfortunately make him take a step back? I'm not saying he will. I'm saying is it one of those things where, you know, everyone after an ACL, you're not the same. Right. Unless if you're Adrian Peterson. Well, let's say this, who also has picked up and signed with the Tennessee Titans as one of their replacement right. back. They're looking to be a two-headed snake instead of a one. Um, I did the petty thing and went and picked up. I was playing Derrick Henry this week. Salt injury went out, picked up all the good running backs off of the waivers so my opponent couldn't. Um, that's what we call strategy, boys and girls. Uh, it is sad. It is the foot. It's someone who is still dealing with a foot injury that's over a year old now. Um, it's just one of those things, depending if it's a tendon or a bone, whatever it is, he could play with it. It could be more serious. Um uh, uh, he's a great guy, a great, sorry, player. I hope to see him back and continuing to own it just like AD, AP did. Uh, but it is what it is. Absolutely. Aaron Rodgers. Some drama regarding Aaron Rodgers drama. yet again. Drama. So Aaron Rodgers at the beginning of the season said he was, when he was asked about whether or not he had the COVID vaccine, he says he is immunized. Now, to his defense, he didn't say that he was immunized against the COVID-19 virus. And it turns out he was not. He has contracted COVID-19. I would assume he's doing well. Of course, the media is not going to tell me how he's he's doing. (laughs) But because he is not vaccinated, he now misses this week's game and next week's game. This week against Kansas City, and next week I believe against Dallas, but I'm not. Don't quote me on that. So again, this is kind of what the Packers front office during this kind of drama in the off season was pointing to about how he's he how he's kind of oh, I don't what's the word how he's very wishy washy non. Wishy washy. Yeah, he said he was vaccinated. It turns out he's not. You can still get. You can still get the unless it's confirmed no. that he wasn't vaccinated. You can still get the virus even if you were vaccinated. No, no, I, I completely understand that. But because if he was vaccinated, he would only have to be out, I believe, seven days, uh, which means that he would be available for next week's. Right, that's what you're saying. But because he's not, he's out a minimum of ten. Which then forces this week's and next week's because he contracted it on. Listen, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, this is everything that I would want, and at the same time, if this is everything that you would want as the front office, you want an outside force to force your hand to see how true Jordan Love is. Okay, he's had two years to sit behind one of the greatest quarterbacks of his generation, um, minus <laughs> the greatest of all time, and let's see, um, whatever. Everybody, all of the Aaron Rodgers owners in fantasy are, are hearing that he's out two weeks or saying, The fuck you are. So it's just one of those things that is, it's going to be what it's going to be again. Like, 
we'll see if that's we'll see if that's what the the Pat and Cheeseheads are saying after week one after Jordan Love. I have that sound just for this. And 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 I can just see um, Jason Bateman's face when he says yeah. that in in the movie. It's just oh my, it, it's so great. Uh, so we go from laughing to Simeon absolutely getting angry in his seat. So Simeon went on a rant last week about the NCAA, and he's about to just be irate here. Kofi Cockburn, who is who plays basketball at Illinois, mm-hmm. he is one of the top players in the nation. Did you see this? No. Nope. Okay, great. Oh, I can't wait for this. The NCAA has suspended him three games. Four, and you, you got to let me finish the whole thing. All right. For selling his memorabilia okay. in June and making money on it. Okay? Now, wait. It gets better. Is that before so name, sold- engine, name Engine Likeness was announced? Okay. It was before Name Image Likeness was announced okay. by a month. Okay. And at the time, he had declared for the NFL draft. But the NCAA in basketball has a rule that you can declare, see what your draft status is going to be, and then renege on the declare and go back to school. NBA or NFL? You said NFL. Uh, NBA. Sorry. He, he, okay. he is a yeah. basketball player. Okay. So he sold. He declared for the NFL yeah. draft, sold Mountain Marbella to make money. Yeah. It was a month. If This was in June. Yeah. It was a month before name, image, and likeness. Yeah. And... Um, and then reneged, and so he technically still is a college student, so they suspended him three games for that. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, <laughs> I really thought you would get more. No, angry like at WTF. That. Like, not only will you not like let the guy, even though he came back, will you bless all the sins? Then it doesn't matter anymore, right? Okay, you had it. Okay, what it what it statute of limitations is. Okay, like we redid it. Let's go back and release all the prisoners. We made this legal. Let's go back and release all the prisoners. No, he left, then came back, and now you, because he he did something, you're punishing him for something you didn't do while he was living outside of your house. That's honestly what it is. It would be like mom and dad came over and gave you spankings. Sorry, for having sex with your wife, like. It doesn't make any sense. It is stupid, and it's exactly what the NCAA would do. So I'm not surprised by it at all. Hey. Well, it enraged me. Okay, <laughs> I'm not enraged by it now. But it, but no, you're you're right. This is not surprising at all. Um, something that the NCAA would do, and and it's sad because not only was he gone to the NFL draft. Then name and image and likeness came about. So, again, you're right. It should have been a, well, he left, and they should have just kind of brushed it under the rug. But, no, the NCAA just always has to be right, I guess. I I, I don't know. It just, they're a mess. And Mark Emmerich is, I I don't know who's worse than Thanos. Marvel needs to present me with another big bad guy so I can just use him because Roger Goodell's got Thanos already locked up. Anyway, that has been the checkdown. That's been brought to you by you, the viewers. Everyone, don't forget to like and subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us, get notifications so that you know you can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Anchor.fm to support us and to see where you can listen to us, which is everywhere. Also, we are on Instagram at Fourth and One Podcast. 
So, my man, week nine. First and foremost, the Big Ten officials. Oh, my goodness. Could you be more trash? Yeah, you could be like, this week's top 25 rankings. <sighs> well done. Uh, so, you know, let's just pick it up in the Big Ten officials. So, they were not they were okay in the Ohio State-Penn State game. The, the two biggest games of the week were Ohio State-Penn State and Michigan State and Michigan. So, they were okay in Ohio State-Penn State. They injected themselves into the Michigan-Michigan State game. So, Michigan-Michigan State. First of all, I told you all Michigan would have a lead a 10-point, 7-point lead, and they would probably blow it. And I'll get to that in a second, because they did. Yeah, right? Michigan is, it is 20, it is 20 to 14. It is late in the first half. Michigan State is backed up. Michigan comes off the corner, one of their defensive end, and sacks the quarterback. As he's going to the ground, he fumbles the football. It rolls into the end zone. It is recovered by Aiden Hutchinson for a touchdown. The ruling on the field was a touchdown. That is very important that the ruling on the field was a fumble recovery with recovery by Michigan and a touchdown. They went to replay review, and no images... No shots of the camera that they show, because they show the shots that the refs are viewing, had an angle that both his knee was down and he still had possession. You, there were some angles where you could see possession and you could see the knee, but not both at the same time. And it was iffy whether or not he had possession and the knee was down if you would to mess the images. So under the NCAA rule official rule book you must have indisputable evidence to overturn a call so man do you know what indisputable evidence means evidence that is everybody would have to say oh yeah that makes sense evidence that you can not doubt okay the sky is blue the sun is hot the earth is round. Don't start. Don't even start to me. <laughs> the earth is round. You're good. I would. These are, these are indisputable evidences. So based on that definition, these refs did not have indisputable evidence to mark the quarterback down. That would have made it 27 to 14. Michigan then would have gotten the ball at the second to start the second half, which they did, and they went down the field and sc scored. Now, that base, now Michigan got the punt, went down, and right before the half, kicked a field goal. They got it was a so it was a four point swing. Michigan lost the game by how much, Simeon? Three points. Nope, four points. Now, n now listen, I. I'm not here to say that the refs caused Michigan to lose. Michigan did that by allowing now Heisman front runner Kenneth Walker to run for 200 yards and five touchdowns on them mm -hmm. and just piss down their leg every time they go to tackle mm -hmm. him. But I'm saying that that should at least be an overtime game at the very minimum. That should be a Michigan foot on the throat stepping on it instead of foot on the ball stepping on it. 
One kills someone, one just makes them very, very uncomfortable. And Michigan State withstood the ball stepping because of the refs, removed the foot, and then throat-punched Michigan late. Now, the other thing to go in this is I'm not going to get into Harbaugh and his record. He's 3-4 and four against Michigan State. I don't care. Michigan State is a much... Like, this was such an even game, okay? I came out on on this side of it actually feeling better about Michigan than I did beforehand because Michigan, every time Mi- Michigan controlled the game for about 58 minutes of the game. And then... 58 minutes of the game. And then even... Every time Michigan State punched them right in the face, they absorbed the punch and punched them right back. Now, they didn't have it at the end, but what really changed the game was true freshman J.J. McCarthy, who I have talked about on this show, who I had just last week, podcast host Curse, said that J.J. would take Cade McNamara's job. Well, Cade McNamara went out on Saturday and balled out. Cade McNamara had 400 passing yards, two touchdowns, one interception. It was late. Um, The the defense kind of tricked him. He was kind of trying to drive downfield for a game-winning touchdown. I won't necessarily hold that against him. Yes, he probably shouldn't have thrown it, but, you know. Hero ball. second. Yeah, that, that's his second interception on the season, okay? Michigan State was expecting in a pass. Anyway, J.J. McCarthy was in there. Michigan had just forced a punt. They were up three, three, 33-30. Michigan, J.J. McCarthy is in. And the previous drive, the drive that they went up, 33-30, he fumbled the ball out of bounds, which del- which stalled out that drive. Now, he fumbled the ball in bounds. Michigan State accidentally kicked it out of bounds, so it was still Michigan ball. He then came back in the very first play on the next drive, and during a handoff, fumbled the football to the running back. On the very next play, Kenneth Walker scoots 45 yards for a touchdown, and that ends up being the game winner. This has kind of always been my problem with Harbaugh, and this will kind of go into what we talk about with Michigan moving forward and what I need to see from them this week is how do they not only come back from this loss? Do they come, does this team actually have swagger or do they fold? Do they come back and blow it? They're favored by 20. Do they come back and just with an atti- in a bad mood, in a bad attitude, and just rail Indiana, who's who has their third string quarterback, and they just shove it down their throat, and they say, "Fine, we're done with this." But Jim Harbaugh, if you fumble the football and you're a true freshman, and Cade's not playing well, that's one thing to insert him back. Cade McNamara was on fire. I have never seen a quarterback sends Baker Mayfield control the pace of a game the way Cade McNamara was on Saturday in a big-time top-10 matchup. Cade McNamara had the offense going the entire way. Cade McNamara took blame for the loss. The difference was Michigan kicked four field goals in the red zone, and Michigan State scored five touchdowns in the red zone. Cade McNamara says he has to execute better, the offense has to execute better, and he has to be better. And the interception's on him. He took complete blame for that loss. That loss is not on Cade McNamara. That loss is on Michigan's defense, who, again, 
Another season allows big play after big play. This time, not in the passing game. The passing game was actually good. They forced two interceptions, held uh, Peyton Thorne under 200 yards, but it was the running game. It was missing tackles. Now, if Kenneth Walker goes on to win the Heisman and you know goes on to be a Hall of Fame running back, this looks way different. But they were missing tackles. They were out of gaps. They were just, they were, uh, they allowed a fourth and the play calling on fourth and four. They play press man to man against their best receiver and they let it go all the way down to the two. And, and if they would have made that stop, maybe played some zone and made that stop, guess what? They get the ball back. That happened about five minutes left in the third quarter. They get, they kind of wind the clock even more because Michigan State was not stopping, did not stop Michigan all afternoon. They, they did. Michigan had over 500 yards of total offense, almost 600 yards of total offense. It was just the two turnovers, the one late I touched on, and then, of course, the J.J. McCarthy. So, Simeon, how do you feel about Michigan after this loss? Do you feel better? Do you feel worse about them? I feel about the same because, you know, I saw it coming. I really hoped he wasn't. I honestly feel worse about this stupid ranking. I'm looking right now. They have two five and three teams ranked in the top twenty-five. Okay, all right. We you need to go faster. Get... Okay. Uh, uh, okay. I honestly feel the same it, about it... them. I will be. I will be professional. I honestly feel the same about them. It didn't surprise me. I turned on the game to see the interception thrown. It didn't surprise me. Michigan can't show up for big moments. It's part of what it is. I felt sad on the inside. I was having a bad day to begin with, so it doesn't surprise me. I feel about the same. Maybe they can turn around, but like that one guy's shirt this year, just beat Ohio State. Just, just. I don't care if you lose the rest. I, as long as you beat Ohio State, we're fine. I, I don't. I want to see how they respond to this game. If they come out in a bad mood and shellac Indiana by forty-five, I'm gonna be like, this team is different. Mentality-wise, this team is different. Now, their defense needs to learn and learn fast especially against Indiana be against Indiana a a team you shouldn't overlook and then Travion Henderson for Ohio State if you miss tackles against Travion Henderson he's a true freshman for Ohio he he will run all over you and that's the one thing Michigan just can't do they cannot give up the big play uh, especially in the run game so I want to see if Michigan really is going to learn from this. If they not, I think this is a perfect opportunity for Michigan to kind of part ways with Harbaugh at the end of the season because it's been rinse and repeat. Every flaw Michigan has had over the past five years is just rinse and repeat, and it's like they don't learn, either on offense or on defense. This year it seems like they've learned, right? Everyone's like, oh, they can't throw. Well, turns out they can. Oh, they can't run. Oh, turns out they can. Their defense, it's been like, oh, yeah, they're good. And now this is the first time where it's like, "Eh, are they? So, I I don't know. So, this is a wait and see. But listen, I cannot tell you how impressed I was with Kenneth Walker. Dude's a beast. I don't know how Wake Forest let him go. Yeah, five five touchdowns. When you when you go against that Michigan, what did I say last? I said, and I texted you this after the game. I said it was going to be a game that was decided by the running game and the defense. It's whichever one showed up. Both of them had to show up, and Michigan State's defense showed up more than Michigan's defense did, and so that's who won. 
Uh, and Michigan State's offense or running game showed up more than Michigan's did. Well, Michigan wasn't the only person to blow a double-digit lead on Saturday. Texas, for the third game in a row, blows a not only fourth-quarter lead, but a double-digit second-half lead to Baylor. Meanwhile, Baylor's rolling. Baylor is ranked 12 in the CFP rankings, everybody. So just keep an eye on Baylor. That's good news from Oklahoma. But I've said this at the beginning of the season, you just need to give Sark time. He came out today and he says, I understand the frustration. And I do too. But this is just this team not being conditioned well. It is Sark's first year. They are transitioning from a old scheme to a new scheme. Just give it some time. Okay? Nick Saban, in Nick Saban's first year, they lost to Louisiana Monroe at home as a 28-point favorite. Just, just... Give him a minute, okay? Next year, if you're throwing, if they're blowing double-digit leads in three straight games, holler back at me. Ain't no Iowa's holler off, back, girl. Iowa's offense, it was just, it, they were never a top-two team with that offense. Simeon, I will just give you a little, a little teaser. I don't know how they're ranked either. I, I really don't. The, between them and Wisconsin, Wisconsin blew them out by like 20. The... They're both half a team. They can both run the football sometimes and play good defense sometimes. They're they're like half a football team. But Iowa, I just I don't get it. Georgia it continues to just woo woo. That was a train whistle. Roll on. They hammer Florida. Hammer Florida. Meanwhile, Dan Mullins, it was. I don't know if you saw this game. It was three nothing with two thirty five to go in the first half. Georgia. What then happened was Anthony Richardson fumble in his own territory, nice. right inside the 20-yard line, Georgia score. It was then a pick six by Georgia, so that's 17 nothing, And then it was a Florida punt, because Georgia has still had all three times out, Florida punt and deep pass for 35 yards. A pretty pass by Stetson Bennett to the corner of the end zone. 20, so in legitimately two minutes and 30... I There were 235 left. So in two minutes and 32 seconds, they scored 21 unanswered points. Nice. So that's what I'm looking for. Nice. Uh, however, Georgia... Is it Stetson Bennett? Is it JT Daniels? Listen, Georgia's defense is elite. It's the best in the country. It's going to be pushed, though. I just want to see what happens if an Ohio State, a Bama, someone, Michigan State, I don't care who, puts up 24 points on them, puts up 31 points on them. Is that offense good enough to control that game to, to keep up with high scoring. And I think Ohio State has the uh, firepower to do it. Speaking of Ohio State, it's exactly how I thought the game would go before Clifford's injury. So this was two weeks ago before uh, the Iowa game. I thought it was going to be a 10-point game. I thought it was going to be a game into the second half, into the fourth quarter. It was. Penn State still can't run the football. That was still uh, their Achilles heel. So good news for Michigan when they play in a couple weeks, unless if Michigan's run defense shows up again. But Penn State and Sean Clifford put up 350 yards passing on Ohio State. 
So, Simeon, how do you feel about your prediction? Ohio State played a real team and lost by nine. Or, I'm sorry, won by nine. I mean, I rank them above Alabama right now, if that answers your question. Okay. No, it does. Um, Michigan State and Penn State's defensive strategy was exactly the same. It was, we are going to let Michigan and Ohio State respectively move in between the 20s as much as you want. Because we have no other option. Because Michigan's de- Michigan State's defense sucks. And Ohio's and Penn State's defense, you can't hold down Ohio State forever. But we're going to force you to kick field goals inside the red zone. And that's exactly what happened. One got burned. Still got burned from it. That'd be Penn State. And one, it was successful. And that's Michigan State. And so I... Maybe these top-tier offenses, that's just what it's going to have to be. It's going to have to be, we're going to force you to kick field goals. Now, Michigan scores on 97% of red zone trips. Problem is, they only score touchdown. That's like second best in the country. Problem is, they only score on like 60, they only score touchdowns on like 62% of red zone trips, and that's like 70th in the country. So, there's some give and take there. And then my last note on what happened in week eight is, ha, Brady Hoke. Brady Hoke lost to Fresno straight. Guess what? They couldn't throw the ball at all. And it makes me so happy because uh, it just makes me so happy. They, uh, they're they playing defense, 64 points allowed in conference, 90 points for. So they're just trying to win by defense, not going to work, and he shouldn't be ranked. But neither so is Fresno I, State, so I don't So. So we got breaking news. We got breaking news about college football here. I'm scrolling down to find the... Oh, no. College football playoff expansion discussions tabled until December 1st with consensus needed by January for 2024 for Matt. No. Well, I mean, theoretically, it's only two years away. Theoretically, I'm going to be 25. Theoretically, I'm going to have a kid. Ah! No! Give it to us next year! Ah! Hi. Why do you do this to me? I can't take you out right now, so you're going to have to wait. Oh, my gosh. The NCAA hates us. No, you're just a drama queen. You, you know what? You, you know what? Because of that news, college football playoff rankings came out, and boy, does Simeon have obviously have a problem with it if he can just pick himself back up. Um, so, first and foremost, so I gave you it in the open. Georgia, we don't have a problem with number one, right? Yeah, we're both saying Georgia's number one team. Number two. Should be Cincinnati. Who do you have? Uh, uh, okay, no, wrong. That's where they were last wrong. week. Wrong. That's where they were last week. I'm sorry. Yeah, they're still there in the AP. That's where they were last week. I, I, don't, care about, I don't care about the AP. They should be four. Their level of competition and how they've looked against their level of competition recently has not been number two worthy. Okay, fine. 
three or four. I don't care. Put Michigan State okay. at number two. Okay, so so you so so you have Cincinnati. Sure. I have Ohio State. Okay. I put them at three or four. Wherever we're okay. not putting Cincinnati, put Ohio State. All right. Let's do it this way. Do you have a problem with Michigan State at three? No. I actually don't. I, they're more. They're more like five to me right now. But I don't have too big of a problem. I think Ohio I State's a, a better team from an eye test perspective. Duh. But I don't have a problem with them in in top six, top five. Uh, so let me give my top ten. Yeah. Just I have Georgia, Ohio State. I have Alabama. I have Cincy four out of respect. Listen, mm-hmm. they they beat a Notre Dame team who the who the committee has sitting at 10. So mm-hmm. they have a top 10 win mm-hmm. on the road. So I have Cincy out of respect. I then have Michigan State at 5 okay. because that that secondary is not – Ohio State is going to throw for 900,000 yards on sure. Michigan State sure. second. If Michigan can do it, Ohio State can do it. I have Oklahoma then. Tough loss is fine, but they've been coming on late. I have Oregon, Michigan – Again, kind of really impressed me, in, even in a loss. Baylor, watch out for them. Auburn, uh, they have the two best losses in all of college football. Notre Dame and Wake, those are my top 12, technically. Yeah. Um, Here, I see they have – oh, my gosh. Okay. I'll give you my top 10, but I just want to say this. This is how much – how horny the college football playoff committee – and I do use the word horny because this is the only way – that someone is this rabid about anything. Sorry, I'm pulling up this. I'm pulling up this SEC standings. Um, you don't even got to go SEC. You can go Big Ten here. Yeah, sure. That's number two. I'm about to get there. Don't worry. Uh, all right, go In, for it, my from man. From the SEC West, one, two, three, four, five of seven teams are ranked, and one of them is ranked. Is five and three overall. Guess what the rank? Guess what the of the seventh ranked team? Guess what the record is? Who happens to be Arkansas? Guess what their overall record of Arkansas is? Five and three. Five and fucking three. Sorry, mom. I've been sweary since I moved out. Um, uh, uh, no, I that sorry, I, was, I was listening to the college football podcast ESPN, and that was how do you have a five and three? Yeah. Wisconsin ranked yeah, no. and not a five and three Arkansas ranked. Yeah, and, or Purdue. They literally Purdue is ranked above Wisconsin, and they have Wisconsin ranked above Purdue. So here's my top ten, and then we'll get back to just how trash this is. Okay, uh, Georgia. Um, I'm going to say Georgia, uh, Cincinnati. Michigan State, Ohio State, Alabama, Oklahoma, uh, and then throw Michigan, Wake, Notre Dame, Baylor in there for um, so- to round out. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> throw them in any order. Just roll the dice. Throw them in there. You know, it's okay. really the top. Right. It's really top six for me. First two out, sort of deal. My my biggest problem with Cincinnati sitting at six is that there's no. They need now. They need help to get in. Yeah. If you put them at four, then it's like okay, you win out, you're in. Right. But even if they win out, oh, if Ohio State wins out, they're in. If Oregon wins out, they're in. 
if Alabama wins out, they're in. And Georgia, even with one loss, which would be theoretically just to Alabama, right. they're in. Right. Here's the deal. Um, Cincinnati needs Alabama to lose. Cincinnati needs Alabama and Oregon to lose now. Now, to me, Cincinnati has had a better season than Oregon has. Because uh, of that I, I, good I, yeah. good win, because Notre Dame keeps winning, because of that good win to Notre Dame. I also agree with you. I'd be okay if Auburn was ranked 12. I think that's the best two-loss team we've seen in the college football playoff era. Um, I really do. I don't get why San Diego State or Fresno State is ranked right now, or Pittsburgh. Uh, I, uh, or, I'm, o- I'm, I'm okay with Fresno State. You know who's not ranked right now? Who should be? Who's that? University of Texas San Antonio. Ain't no team. There are four eight and no teams. The Roadrunners are not ranked right now. You're you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Why aren't the Roadrunners ranked? They're, right. they're eight no. Why? Let me let me tell you some teams that again sh- that why, could be ranked. Why is Iowa and Wisconsin ranked? Right. right. They are a half a team. Iowa cannot throw the yep. football. At all, the the Louis- Wisconsin can barely throw the football. The Louisiana Raging Cajun, seven and one overall, allows 76, 78 points. That's top five defense from a conference perspective. From a points allowed perspective, that's literally well, let's say top six. I looked it up. I mean, Georgia's allowed like sixty three points all year, so that can't be that far off. Fit, yeah. Okay. There are you know you know who is allowed, also who's allowed less points, who also has I think a slightly better record. I have to find them. Yeah, at five and three, which by the way, we're letting into the college football playoff with fifty points allowed in conference, is the UAB Blazers. They are currently ranked second in the conference USA West, only to the Roadrunners who take on the UTEP Miners this Saturday, by the way, uh, six and two. Um it just like so, Iowa so, Hawkeyes twenty so two. Six and so two. So our bigger problem, our bigger problem is the back half, the last yeah fifteen. The, right? I feel like they just said who who do I like, whose color do I like, and they just threw a bulletin board at the map and a, a, a dart at the map, and they picked that team: Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin, Iowa, Fresno State, San Diego State, Pittsburgh, BYU, Mississippi State. Unrank them all, legitimately. From 15 I, backwards, I, I'm only I, happy I, I'm with a, Kentucky being there. I, I'm actually okay with Mississippi State. I am okay with Mississippi State. Because they beat Alabama? Maybe at 23, maybe no, at 24. No, they didn't beat yeah, t- Texas A&M beat Alabama. Well, I'm okay. What, where are you putting Mississippi I'm, State? Where are you putting them? No, near the bottom. Yeah. What are they ranked right now? They're, they're ranked way too high. They're at 17. Yeah, no. I'm putting them back a little bit. They can... Mississippi Back. Mississippi State, if they played Pittsburgh, win. San Diego State, win. Fresno State, win. Iowa, win. Wisconsin, win. Minnesota, win. I get, I get, I okay. They would beat every team that they're ranked above right now if they played them. But those teams shouldn't be there. Well, I, well I'm happy Minnesota's actually ranked. Minnesota does have the worst loss probably on it because they did lose to an FCS school, but they also lost to Ohio State. But now Minnesota, on their fourth and fifth string running back are running the ball 70% of the time and running for like 300 yards a game. Uh, running backs are hard to find. Good like, running backs are d- hard to find. D- d- well, what? <laughs> 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 I, 
No, I, I'm I'm happy. I'm alpha. I'm happy Minnesota's ranked. What I don't get is Baylor's better than Wake Forest. Wait, I cannot tell you how bad Wake Forest defense Auburn's better than actually, Wake Forest. Auburn is better than Wake Forest. Absolutely. A two-loss Auburn team, but I lo- I'm okay that they're top ten because there ain't no. Let's let us be nice to the un to the unbeaten teams. Okay, can we be nice? There we're it, in week. It, what are we? You, week ten you, now? Week nine? You, yeah, week ten. We're in week you, ten you, now. You are right to be eight and zero, oh, even if it's against lesser competition, should still get you right. I don't care if you're eight and zero in freaking flag football at the Nook. If you're eight and zero anywhere, that's impressive. Do you know the right. odds for that? I don't, but they're not easy. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> uh, BYU sitting, BYU sitting at fifteen. No, should not I be have, ranked. Like, I have, I I'm Texas A and M at fourteen. I actually think is perfect. But what 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 people don't understand is if Auburn wins out, they're going to Atlanta to play Georgia in the SEC title game. Auburn has a shot to make yeah. the college football playoff yeah. as a two loss team. Yeah, because they went to Penn State. Yeah, and they played Georgia. Here, here's here I like. The for the first time this season, I oh like the AP poll. I think it's great. I think it's perfect. Maybe move around six through seven again. I think I'd swap Ohio State and Alabama. Don't, don't they? Don't they have Michigan nine? They have Michigan nine. I would swap yeah, I Ohio like State that. and Alabama again. I think Alabama is not a top five team yet. They're almost there. They're not there. I think Ohio State is a top three. You could even put them at two. I don't care. That's how good their offense is. I'm sorry. So, so, but so I think this is what this is what the problem that the committee's having. Just, just, just real they quick. They hate they hate non-power five teams. That's the that's the yeah. problem. They uh, love uh, the Big Ten and they like, love. I, I'm, I'm, I can I'm, carry I'm getting, this whole segment. I, I'm getting. I don't need your help. Who who's winning, Georgia or Cincinnati? By how many touchdowns? By two. Who's winning? Cincinnati, Alabama, by how many touchdowns? One, Alabama. Okay, that's wrong. Who's winning? Uh, Michigan State, Cincinnati, by how many touchdowns? One, Michigan. Yeah, yeah, that's even. That, that's even because Michigan's State's Ohio State, defense. three touchdowns. And Oregon? I think Oregon, Oregon is actually... Oregon might lose. The, Oregon might lose. I actually think that you are correct. So out of the top... And I only the say Georgia. Have... I only say Georgia by one or two touchdowns because they're they're playing defense this year. They're not they're not accelerating their offense. This isn't Bo Nix. This isn't Auburn. Uh, out of the top five teams above them, yeah. Cincinnati's losing more than likely three to four. No, three, four. So now you have them beating Michigan State. Oh, the Michigan State's the close one. It could go either way. So they're beating Oregon, and then they could go either way. Oh, Michigan but they State. are getting they are getting dominated by Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State. Now, and Ohio, I don't know who's the question who, who, there. I feel like one of those is like Notre Dame, and therefore they could be close to. But that's just me. I think I honestly, honestly, I think the question mark there is Alabama. I do too. For whatever for whatever reason, they're, Alabama they're on ju- their de- their their defense will just fall asleep. Like halfway through a game, it'll be like, oh it's my like, gosh, we've just given up thirty five points. It's like Why? yeah, it's like Kansas City's offense until the fourth quarter. Yeah, hundred percent. 
uh, the sleeper team is number eight, Oklahoma. 100%. 100% accurate. Oklahoma could put up points on Bama, Ohio State, Michigan State, Oregon. I mean, Michigan for that. I mean, they, they would railroad. I mean, they would probably put up 45 easily against both Ohio State, Michigan State, Oregon. Alabama would be a closer game. Again, this is all... I. George, I'm just assuming Georgia's defense is holding these high-powered offenses behind them to 24 or fewer points. But uh, that's yeah. asking a lot of your offense to go out and score. I mean, you have to score 24 points against Georgia's defense. That's the thing. That's the shocking thing, is you have to score that many points against Georgia's defense and then more. Because Georgia's not... Georgia's going to put up can easily put up 21 points. That's not a problem. It's that seven points from 21 to 28 for both teams that they have to figure out. So it's really who wants to beat Georgia and who can beat Georgia. It's not a question to me that Georgia's the number one team and should we should just give them a bye week and put a fifth team in. Just give them give them the semi give me give them the final. Play out play play four teams to see who plays Georgia. Give me that answer. But it's it's so, it's the fa- it's the this is the problem I have. I have no problem that they released it. I have no problem with the top ten. Okay, AP top ten and college football top ten, very close. Again, I'm switching Alabama and Ohio State. The problem that I had with this ranking is the lack of respect for the college football as a whole, and for the people as a whole, and for the kids as a whole, because at the end of the day. You're going to get the Coastal Carolinas who will beat up on the BYUs or a rant. You're going to get the Leicester, the Leicester cities of the of the college football who pull off one in a million. You're not going to get that in the NFL. You're not going to get that anywhere else. Last time that happened, it was the 80s or the 70s, and we were beating the USSR at hockey. So this is the more of the problem that I have is the respect thing. Give the non you want football to be better, you got to respect everybody. And what you did is you bowed down to the white kids up north and the white kids down south and all their money that their daddies have, and you ranked their kids. Because why not? Because we're biased. And this is the first time that we're seeing the football college football playoff committee being biased hurt college football. It was a good idea to begin with because it gave better arguments in the room. But now we're forgetting about the the non-loud voices that are outside. I guarantee you Coastal Carolina, SMU, Houston, University of San Antonio, they A, don't have the money, and B, don't have the respect enough to get inside the room and their voices heard inside the room. And that's the problem that I'm having with this. I don't care about the top five. Let's see how it pans out. I care about you, you, the I no. care about fifteen and back. You you're you're absolutely right. They I like what you said there because they are disrespecting they're disrespecting they're putting hang on. I, I wanna get my words right. They're putting no stock in the group of five. Right. 
They are saying that the group of five will get dominated 10 out of 10 times every Saturday right. by no, no matter what power five school they go up against, right. except for Cincinnati. And they would even get dominated by, you know, the handful we put, teams. We put which, f- three or four out of five teams they're going to get dominated which, by. Right, which, which, which might be right. But here's the deal. It's actually closer to 7 out of 10 times because if you give these very smart coaches and these kids motivation and one game yeah. to go out and beat these schools, it will be a game. Yeah. Western Michigan, uh, the undefeated um, P.J. Fleck yeah. before he was at Minnesota was at Western Michigan, undefeated season there. Guess what? They went out against Wisconsin. They lost a four-point game, but they went toe-to-toe with Wisconsin's running game. UCF played Auburn, a very hot Auburn team who was about to make the natty before they lost to Georgia. The number they were the number two ranked team in the nation before they lost to Georgia in the SEC title game. Went out and hammered them. Yeah, dominated them in terms of tempo and how they played the game. And these are the, okay. the, these Cincinnati and, and, and these UCF teams are the type of teams you want in the playoff because you, you put Cincinnati again. I get Cincinnati has an okay way road to the top. It's not good. It would be much better if they were at four or five. But you want these teams because on a good day, in the right conditions, Cincinnati's beating Alabama. Cincinnati's beating Oregon or Michigan State. That's who they have to beat. And all of a sudden, discussion changes. We're okay with the small guy winning. I don't get why they won't give that to us. We don't... and I don't know why, but this is almost why this is bad. This is almost good at the same time because this is exactly why we need an expanded playoff. And I hope that they vote on it, and I hope that they pass it December first because it is darn time. Yeah. Because it would take the six highest rated conference champions, and then it would do the next six um, at-large bids or whatever. Right. But guess what? Last year would have been Coastal Carolina and Cincinnati would have been. So that's yeah. two group of fives. Yeah. The, I mean, the the fact that SMU and Houston aren't ranked, both with one loss, especially Houston, who's been just insanely hot yeah. of recently, is Came asinine. back to win against SMU, by the way. Hey, uh, what you know? What I didn't even I didn't even go over that, and I should have walk off kick return for a touchdown. SMU ties the game on a field goal. Why they then kick the ball off with like twenty seconds left? Houston takes the kickoff return, a hundred and two yards for a touchdown. They they're ridiculously high, and it's asinine that these teams aren't ranked. It's asinine UTSA is not ranked at eight and zero. It is asinine. Is Coastal Carolina ranked? No, they're not. I don't think so. It is asinine. They're not ranked. Like, they need to put better stock into the group of five. The fact that, and I've touched on this, Wisconsin and Iowa, and you mentioned Pittsburgh. There's San a Diego handful, State, Fresno San, State. San Diego State. I'm North okay Carolina with Fresno State. State. NC State. It, like, the fact that these teams are ranked above Above them, especially, I just cannot get over Wisconsin and Iowa, and and, and then you're going to rank Wisconsin, but then you're not even going to rank, and I won't even take it too far, Penn State, who has the exact same record. Yeah. 
and beat Wisconsin. Right. At their place, week one. Right. All because they lost to Illinois. Well, mm-hmm. Wisconsin has looked like absolute garbage. Right. Iowa's look like garbage. Right. Iowa gets blown out by three touchdowns to Penn State if Sean Clifford do- mm-hmm. doesn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. And and you think I'm kidding. I'm not. It's three touchdowns, and it's easy. And Penn State's ranked is, four or three right now. I, it, it's... It, it, it's you're, you're right. They're putting no stock, and that is the most asinine thing in the group of five. And it is very sad, and I hope that they kind of adjust. Cincinnati, again, we touched on it. It's going to be kind of hard for them moving forward because even if, say, Michigan wins out, Michigan State beats Ohio State, and then, but Ohio State beats, like, they're both like 11 and 1 at the time, or they're both 10 and 1 at the time. And so Michigan State is out. Michigan's jumping Cincinnati. Oklahoma still has to play Oklahoma State and Baylor, two ranked teams, yep. two top 12 teams. And if they beat them both and they beat them convincingly, Oklahoma's jumping Michigan, Cincinnati, and into the top four. Yeah. So <clears throat> it's it's interesting. It'll be an interesting slate. Game day is going to be at Cincinnati this week. Cincinnati has Tulsa, much lesser opponent. But Cincinnati needs to go out this week and prove the committee wrong. They need to go out and they need to hammer Tulsa. Tulsa's three and five. Mm-hmm. You need not this to be a one possession game in the fourth quarter. You are at home at night. This is a forty point beat down and it's twenty eight nothing at half. Yeah, you're favored by twenty two and a half points right now. The, the, this needs to be a beat. You if need you're to cover and then some. If this is if you're Cincinnati, this is not Luke Fickle. You can say all you want is we don't care. We're just finding ways to win. That's not good enough. Clearly, you need to go out and hammer Tulsa. This needs to be a we are angry at you. Okay. Meanwhile, thir- number thirteen Auburn's uh, is uh, an underdog by four and a half at Texas. Number fourteen Texas A&M. The over under is forty nine. First and foremost, you take that over. Simeon, I, I would say that could be actually your lock of the week here, but I, I'm not going to judge you. Um, Auburn coming off a big home win over Old Miss. Now they're going on the road. We all know about Bo Nix between home and away Bo Nix. He's, he's two different people. Texas A&M is red hot after coming off back-to-back losses, one without their one with their backup quarterback, and then their other, they just lose to Mississippi State, which is is whatever, but then they beat Bama and they reel off all these wins. Texas A&M coming off of a bye. Can they run the ball is the big thing. So they are really run heavy, and in all their wins so far, they've outrushed the opponent. So can they run the ball on Auburn? That's the thing. So can Bo Nix not turn the ball over? Can Zach Calzada continue this hot streak? And can Texas A&M run the ball on Auburn? And this this is a 13-14 matchup. So this kind of Auburn needs this game to have a shot at the still at the college football playoffs, still at an SEC title game appearance. Texas A&M isn't quite out of it either. Even with two losses, if Bama gets another loss and they beat Auburn here, they might find their way to Atlanta. Uh, so the over under is 49. I'm hammering that over. And I think that that's pretty easy. Now watch them go under here. But I think that this is a 
24, 20, 28, 31 type game. Um, I and I actually I, I do just because just because they're coming off a buy that alone with Jimbo Fisher he's gonna cook up something I like it's on the road it's 330 I like Texas A&M and I I think it's a seven point game a five to seven point game so I think you take Texas A&M I, I would take them out right and take what I would do is I would take them out right and take the over to get your odd, to make up your odds, I would take Texas A and M and take the over because I I don't like the four and a half mm. at all. If it... Okay, Grinch, what, do you have your Liberty's lock of the week? Liberty is playing you got... Ole Miss this week. I didn't realize that. That makes me so happy. Liberty is playing Old Miss this week, which I was almost going to touch on, and then I was like, well, Liberty's not ranked because Liberty gets no respect. So well, they also have two losses: one to University of. Louisiana Monroe. Monroe, yes. I know. Um, the other two, Syracuse, which I'm also happy about. Um, yeah, I'm okay with this. They're going to lose their next three games against Old Miss, Louisiana, and Army. Um, the quarterback's going to get drafted in the fourth-round pick. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I have a um, – I already have a hatred for uh, – for, for, um, Liberty from a <clears throat> really a theological perspective, but that's beside the point. Um, go with their kids and Hugh Freeze, whatever. Go redeem yourself. I don't care, but you should still be an FCS school, in my opinion. Anyway, what's your next game? <laughs> that took a weird turn. I know. Okay. Number nine, Wake. So I haven't touched on Wake a lot this year, so I feel, felt like I give them love. Just first, uh, just real quick, the slate of the game you know, to do the podcast host curse. The slate is not intriguing on paper, so I'm hoping that we do get some good games like a few weeks ago when I said it wasn't intriguing. So just some of these games have potential to be blowouts. A lot of them at the top especially have potential to be blowouts, but we'll see where it goes. However, number nine, Wake Forest, is an underdog on the road against North Carolina. Nor Wake Forest is getting two and a half right off the bat. Sam Hartman has thrown for 2,400 yards, 22 touchdowns, only three interceptions. North Carolina, this is kind of your four and four. You were top 10 team to start the season. Can you salvage the season? And can you run the football? Both of these teams' defenses give up about 400 yards per game. This should be a shootout at its finest. They both play sketchy defense. Can UCN, can UNC run the ball on Wake, whose defense is whose run defense is a little better than their pass defense? But Wake's going to get whatever they want, and UNC's going to get whatever they want. Here's the thing: the over under seventy six. Dang. And I know that, and I don't know what you want to. But if you go look at in the last five games of these te- both teams, these both both of these teams are scoring thirty five a game in their last five games, if not more. If I'm gonna take an over under that's been that high, it's probably with Wake. I'm not gonna lie. It's Wake and UNC because they can both. Yeah. And it's just Wake just doesn't play defense. Wake gave up thirty four points to Syracuse, who can't move the football right at all. Right. Wake gave up. 56 to Army, a triple option team. Right. They they literally in that game says, you know what, Army's just going to score, we're just going to outscore them. 
Done. It's like it's like they were playing the the I forget what it was called the the running the running the running run gun, basically the yeah. run and shoot basketball. Yep. Don't play defense. Score shoot more three points. Basically. Yep. Uh, I am taking UNC, who is favored. I just think Wake Forest. This is Wake Forest. Oh, we're top ten. Oh yes. Oh, we got offense. We got this. We got this. We got this. Your defense still sucks, and yep. you're on the road now. Yeah. And so. This is kind of a Wake Forest, go out and prove it, but I think that this is a... Vegas knows something. I like UNC here because Wake Forest just doesn't play defense. North Carolina, I kind of trust them a little bit more to play defense, even though they don't play defense either. So North Carolina minus 2.5. Over, under. This isn't an official prediction. I would also take the over. I just... I, I. I see this being a 42, 45, 49, 56 sort of game lots of points scored it, that's a noon so you know you got an offensive showcase at noon which is good and then finally Michigan State is only a three point favorite at Purdue and I'll tell you why because Michigan State gave up 400 yards to Cade McNamara and Michigan's offense Michigan State's defense is allowing 300 pass yards a game their defense is not good they have Kenneth Walker, who I expect to get his and set more Heisman moments. Purdue, they win when they don't turn the ball over. Every single time they've lost, they've had two-plus turnovers. And every time they win, they have zero turnovers. It's that simple. So is Purdue going to turn the ball over, or are they not? Uh, they So Michigan State gives up 300 pass yards a game. Purdue passes the ball for 307 pass yards a game. I expect their Purdue's quarterback, to just throw the ball round. I expect this to be high score. The over-under is 54. I would also hammer that over. I really would. And can they keep up with... Can they keep Michigan State's explosion plays down? Michigan State is a very average offense when it's not explosion plays. And it's just like I said last week. It's explosion, then it's mediocre, 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 punt. Mediocre, explosion... Mediocre, mediocre, mediocre. Explosion! Mediocre, mediocre. Explosion! So, you get what I'm saying. So, can Purdue keep that? Purdue's actually got a pretty nice defense. They've got a solid defense. Not nice. I am taking Michigan State minus the three. I think just Mel Tucker has this team fighting. I do think it's a close game. I think it's a game into the fourth quarter. I could be wrong, but I am taking Michigan State minus three. And uh, I'm taking the over... As well, not an official prediction, but what are you taking? Are you taking? Do you not care game? anymore? Have you checked it out? No, um, I think I'm going to. Are you Michigan depressed? State. No, I think they're on a roll. I, I really do. I think I'm going to take Michigan State. I don't think Purdue is that real. However, they are the best team, one of the better teams in the West. So, go on Purdue. No, I just found out a new stadium that I didn't know existed. That I'll. Oh well, I will let you get to that in just a well, second. Do, do, do you have a lock of the week? Well, first of all, one, Air Force is playing Army this week. Take Air Force over Army. I know Army looked good at the beginning of the season. Air Force is playing better. Only a two-loss team right now. Um, they're also playing off-site. This is what I figured out in Choctaw Stadium where the Dallas Running Gates played. That was um, used to be the Texas Ar- the uh, Texas Rangers Stadium. Okay. Um, my lock of the week in the NFL this week. Um, is Kansas City over Green Bay. 
because Aaron Rodgers is out. Mm-hmm. Um, Solid take. I think Kansas City, it's about time for Kansas City to figure out why they're playing hero ball and trying to play and just play football. And I think Andy Reid isn't an idiot, and he's going to get his team together here. And I think they're going to beat a rudder, semi-rudderless uh, Green Bay team. And I think that's what we got. My lock of the week, I expect Michigan to come out in a very bad mood. Well, I'm Sorry. hoping, but I also expect. I I like the swagger of this Michigan team. They got punched in the face by Michigan State over and over, and they got up and they answered the bell. Just They just fell short in the 11th out of 12th round. I ex- They're favored by 20. I expect this to be a 35, 30-point 30 game. Uh, I I think Blake Corman, Hassan Haskins just pound Indiana, and if it's not them, then it's going to be Cade McNamara and um, Andrell Anthony, the true freshman that stood out last week against Michigan State, and Cornelius Johnson and the tight ends. It's going to be one or the other, but Cade McNamara is going to come out. They're going to play efficient. They're going to score a lot of touchdowns, and they're just going to beat up on Indiana at night at the big house because they feel disrespected now because they felt like they should have won that game, and you could make the argument they could. I'm there. Um, yep, you're good. Uh, oh, everyone, this is, I, I kind of feel like Simeon got depressed a little bit after we talked about the college football playoff. I, I'm used to it. The The energy just fell right off the cliff well, there. I was more interested in, in Choctaw Stadium, which um, is not racist, by the way. Uh, I didn't think it was, but thank you for clarifying that. Yep. All right, everyone. Um, it has come to that time at the end of the show. So, just to recalibrate, we have Texas A&M. You hammer the over at 49. Mm-hmm. UNC to win the game, and if you're feeling lucky, go with the over 76, and then you take Michigan State minus the three there, mm-hmm. and I would also hit the over on that. So this has been the 4th of 1 podcast. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Enjoy your college football Saturday. Wash your hands, you filthy animals, because y'all are nasty. Be kind to one another. Treat each other with respect. We'll see you next week, and it's going to be a good one next week. God bless you. Peace out.